In today's episode, we're talking about the power of purpose and building communities. From Engagement, I'm David Millay, and this is Flip the Switch. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Switch, where we sit down with leaders in customer experience and employee experience, and we try to figure out what are the trends that they're paying attention to? What are the experiments that they're running? What are the principles that have guided them to success throughout their career? Then we take all those insights and we apply them to the world of sports and entertainment, live events, hospitality, the service industry, your organization. Now, today we have a fantastic guest and her name is Gina Bianchini. So for some context as to who Gina is, she specializes in the worlds of purpose and community. And you'll see how those two concepts go hand in hand in our episode together. So what does Gina actually do in her day-to-day? Well, she's the CEO and founder of Mighty. And in my mind, Mighty has the best community building platform that's out there, Mighty Networks. In fact, we use it on a regular basis. So something I don't talk about a lot, probably should talk about it a little bit more. I'm the co-founder of Sports Learning Online. And there's a few of us. It's basically a community of professionals in the sports business industry. And our purpose in creating the community was to really tie together the worlds of college sports, pro sports, international sports, and bring everybody together to help each other get better at our craft. As Gina talks about in this episode, community is so key in the context of purpose because as our purpose is to go out and make the sports industry better, right? You got to have community to be able to lift up that purpose. Pursuing purpose alone can be really lonely and trying and difficult. And if you surround yourself with a community of people that are going after that same purpose, it's a lot easier and you're going to be a lot more successful. And that's what her whole new book is about. She is the author of a book called Purpose, Design a Community and Change Your Life. It's a fantastic book and it gives a ton of frameworks for how to create your own purpose and then how that purpose can help you build a community to get there. Uh, And that's what it's all about. So you can't just go after a purpose on your own. You need people to help you get there. And that is what Gina is going to dive into in this episode. And we're going to explore together with her. Um, So this episode is great if you are an individual creator trying to pursue a path where you're sharing your thoughts with the world and you want to bring together like-minded people. But it's also great if you're a brand If you're a sports team and you're trying to monetize an audience and bring them together to interact with each other, this episode's for you. Um, So fandom into a larger community, uh, you can really change that audience into something bigger. And again, we're going to get into a lot of frameworks and tactics and strategies in this episode related to that. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode with my friend, Gina Bianchini. So, so, so dramatic. It is dramatic. So for everybody watching at home, there's a countdown before we start recording and it gives you like a five second countdown. Exciting countdown. Well, this is going to be a very exciting show. Gina, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you could join us here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, let's get I into do it. Look a li- I will say for, for those who are watching video, I do look a little bit like I'm in a witness protection program. No, you don't. Because I have like, like I'm in a, I'm in a sunroom, right? And in the winter time, this the sun is lower, so I have to like move around this room, so I'm not just like blinded, blinded by the light. I'm I'm but doing it, the same thing. I was like, I'm like, which shades can I lighten up? Which ones can I lift? And which anyway. Um, 
We're all becoming experts in lighting from our houses. Seriously. Sound, sound and light. That's how it's uh, working. Cool. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, so to set the stage, you've been inspiring individuals to create and build communities to basically support, amplify their purpose um, from Ning to Mighty to your course on community design. So let's talk about this. You've got a new book out. What prompted you to share that framework in the new book, Purpose? design a community and change your life. Because when I have seen people without purpose and with purpose, it is night and day. Happier, more energized, more excited, more creative. And I define purpose as the clear and positive intention for your time, your talents, your energy, and your focus for your brief time on planet Earth. No big deal. Simple, simple, easy peasy. But when I really got into, so I started with, you know, how to help people create and design communities that are so valuable, they can charge for it, so well-designed that they essentially run themselves. And what I realized pretty quickly is that the difference between a clear purpose or motivation for the community and one that's sort of too generic and too general um, really came down to how clear the host of that community, the person who is, mm. is or the brand. So I, I'm saying individual, it's not really about individuals alone. You know, we work with brands from Fortune to Sports Illustrated to Mind Body and many others. But it's really about what is that clear positive intention for our time, talents, energy, and focus. And what I found was that as I could kind of almost move up you know, move up the um, the time frame to reach people kind of earlier and earlier in in I, I don't even want to call it their community journey around really concrete practices to to find their purpose and make it matter. People were happier. They saw and made connections between their time and where they were spending it faster and with more confidence. Um, and clarity. So because of all of those things and seeing just how remarkable just some of these very simple practices are in people's lives, I was like, okay, even though I vowed I was never going to do this because it seemed like hard and intimidating, I'm like, I'm going to write a book. And so I wrote a book. And so far, people have been really into it. So I, you know, again, I had the the confidence that comes from having 8,000 people go through our community design masterclass. But there is still something when you start talking to people that, you know, are not anywhere in your orbit, in your world, or in my orbit or my world, and really finding exciting insights from the practices in this book. That That's super awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about purpose. Um, I I think of purpose interesting, actually. So I, I've thought about it in different ways, um, and I want to kind of get your takes, and maybe we can unpack some of this. So I worked at Disney for a long time, uh, Disney Institute specifically, and one of the main things and first things that we would do with organizations is help them create a common purpose that basically unites everybody, whether you're working in legal or finance or popping popcorn yeah. in parks. Your purpose at Disney was we create the finest or we create happiness by providing the finest in entertainment to people of all ages everywhere. Ultimately, it boiled down to we create happiness. And that was different from our mission and different from our vision. And so I, 
I mean, obviously you can do it as a brand. Um, but then I, I, my definition of purpose kind of changed a little bit when there's a book that I read called uh, "In uh, The Name of the Wind. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's by Patrick Rothfuss. It's like a high fantasy kind of thing. Anyway, there's a character in there that says... I have not, but okay, okay. <laughs> I'm very quietly and subtly writing it down. And maybe we should it's, just add it to the show notes. It's it's excellent. Um, there's only Great. two of the three books that have been written. But actually, kind of more leadership lessons from that book than... And it's a high fantasy book than most leadership yeah. books. Um, but there's a character that's talking to another character in there. And he says... Uh, Every every great man is defined by the question that they're trying to solve. And I kind of thought of that as like a different spin on purpose of like, what is the question that you're trying to solve? What is but at the same at the end of the day, it boils down to what is your intention? What's your, what are you trying to go after and be on purpose for? Um, so lots of different ways to cover it. But I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And then maybe we go back to the brand side of things. Yeah. So I think both of those are really interesting. I would say the the thing that i have found in working with people it, it's still like happiness it what does that mean like yeah. how how can you filter again your time the things you have control over or or you know many times have control over so from where i'm sitting th there there are two kind of key insights around purpose number 1 purpose is a practice it's not something that like you can go on a weekend retreat and like have this, the, you know, the clouds part, the sun shine down, and it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Purpose is a practice. And it's a practice that the more you do, the clearer you, you get. The second thing, and I think this is, this is kind of along those same lines, is I actually have found, and I, I, I now teach it and see a lot of success with it, which is purpose manifested as a future story that answers the question, what does your, like, your life look like in the future, but also what does the world look like? Mm -hmm. How have you had an impact on those around you or the world at large? And the more, it's one of the hardest things to do, but I also think one of the most effective and profound things is to be able to imagine a future state that manifests the life you want to live, the world you want to live in, and ultimately the ways, and it's not just one way, it's multiple ways. So it's, it's I talk about this in the book, it's, it's not about a single purpose, it's about purposes hmm. for the different facets and, 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 and elements of your life, whether that's your career, whether that's your health, your wellness, your spiritual practices, how you show up for other people. I talk about, you know, the, the people in your life is kind of your core community. And then there's digital communities. How do you show up for people? And then ultimately, what is the impact that you are having to build towards the world that you want to see, that you want to live in? So for example, you know, as, as I've met different people, you know, I've, I've, my mind has just been blown by different people's stories. You know, so for, for me, it is about creating a world where any one of us wakes up in the morning and opens their phone and has four or five different communities that they can really go into and really immerse themselves in, in uh, not just the, the community's content, but the community members. And, and it's four different aspects 
of our personality, different aspects of our lives, different goals that we have, different purposes that we have. And each and every one of these really rich, immersive communities brings us identity, brings us a sense of belonging, and and most importantly, brings us results and transformation that we want to have in our lives. And that's the world I want to live in. Yeah. And that's the world that I work on my purpose practice every morning uh, with a very delicious drink and just blank computer, you know, printer paper and like my favorite micro Bic pen, not, not sponsored by Bic just yet, <laughs> but life goal. And so, uh, you know, when I think about it and look at it, you know, and I've, I've seen other people's stories, which are incredible where, you know, for example, um, one father that went through this exercise, you know, saw the opportunity to work with his children and the, and, and the parents and kids in his neighborhood to turn a, a space into an art installation that they could work on together. Or another uh, expat living in Hong Kong, thinking about how expats can be less insular and more integrated into life with locals. It, just the, the ways that, that different people can imagine different futures that then when you look at them and you think about them, you're like, well, duh, like, of course those make sense to bring to life. And it's a counterweight and a very profound and important counterweight to have this future story. Um, And I'll share some questions that, that get, that that are really helpful to get there. I I was going to say, let's let's get into that here in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into that. But the, but the thing I was going to say is we are inundated the technology has come to mean, and it doesn't have to be this way, What it, it, there's, there's nothing inevitable about the fact that the way technology that we interact with for multiple hours a day is designed, you know, averages three and a half hours for adults. Um, the younger you get, the more time you spend. Um, it's about just barraging you with bad news outrage, bad news. It, it works. Like it's, it's yeah. not like everybody just wants to like create a dystopian future. But if we don't carve out a purpose practice, if we don't kind of give ourselves that opportunity to create a future story that then we can use as our North Star for our purpose and purpose is time, talents, energy, and focus, it's really easy to get lost. And as, as one friend of mine called it, she, she's like, I just feel like I'm a, you know, I'm living in a catastrophe and we have to get out of that because we are the only ones that are going to save us. No, no one is coming to save us. <laughs> well, well, let's <laughs> so let, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's talk about those questions. Uh, yeah. I was, was going to say, say let, let's, talk, let's get into yeah. how somebody, if, if somebody's going about their, their job working for their organization or whatever it might be, yeah. they're living through their life and they kind of feel lost as it's so easy is to, it, as it's so easy to do today. Um, let's talk about purpose 30 and kind of crafting that and how you come up with your purpose, if you will, or what, what, what exercises yeah. have you seen be effective? You got it. Purpose 30, super simple, 30 minutes, 30 days, six questions, 30 minutes, 30 days, six questions. There's a couple other steps in here. Uh, number one, take all your devices, put them down, walk away. Step two, make your favorite beverage. This is actually very important. Now you might say to yourself, oh, I can skip that step and do a to-do list. No, 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 no. Pen and paper, super important. Favorite beverage. For me, it, this is 530. 
I don't know what happened. I did not always get up this early, but now I'm super into it and it's great. Um, and it's an oat milk latte at 5.30 in the morning with, again, a micro Bic pen. This is a commercial. Anybody from Bic wants to sponsor me, I'm, I'm available. And then just paper. And so that's step two is the drink. Step three, get out the pen and paper. Step four is create a clearinghouse. You want to clear your head. So it's not you're sitting down with paper to make a to-do list. It is whatever you woke up afraid of, whatever you woke up uh, with a creative idea or or at the end of the day, whatever you're afraid of, whatever you are you know thinking about before you go to bed, if you're a night person or night owl, I'm not. So, but I, I believe in you and I, I want the purpose 30 for you as a night owl too. Then step four. So after you kind of create a clearinghouse, you write it down and you just put it away. Now you are ready. Now you are ready. Actually, step four is get out pen and paper. Step five is the clearinghouse. And step six is you're ready for your purpose 30 questions. And then so you're locking here's in. what they are. Yeah. let's. I was going to say, let, let's go into what those questions are that you're going to ask yourself oh, for 30 minutes. David, I was getting there. I was probably taking longer than you would like, but I was getting there. Okay. So got to set the stage. It's the future. So you are writing from the future, five years in the future, 10 years in the future, seven years in the future. The point is it's not tomorrow. It's not a year from now. It is enough time where you can actually make profound changes and envision profound changes because the reality is that 10 years ago, there was no TikTok. 10 years ago, there was barely an Instagram. 10 years ago, all of the companies that have become juggernauts were not really around. So 10 years now in the future, and you're looking back on today, and you're reflecting, and again, at the end of the year, 10 years from now, you're doing this kind of a reflection, and here are the six questions. Number one, what are three things that you can do in the future that you can't do today? So again, you're writing okay. from that future state. Number two, what are three things you've accomplished? Number three, what are three things you've taken a stand for? And variation of this, who are three people that you've taken a stand for? So it's not, this is not about political stance, but it's, it's what, what are you, it's really getting at your values. Like, so what have you taken a stand for? Four, how is the world different? How is the world different in the most positive way or different for the better is another way to think about it, in the most unexpected and surprising ways. So how is the world different for the better in the most surprising or unexpected ways? Now, why, why, why is that such an important question? Because it gets you out of the catastrophizing. It gets you out of today. So I can say, for example, in my future story, in my, my Purpose 30, a community that can come together to master something interesting or important together probably has the best shot at changing you yeah, know, our, I, our I climate. Agree. So if I work on communities, maybe one of the things that comes out of that in the most unexpected and surprising ways is that we figure out things that unlock infinite clean energy. And That's it turns cool. out we're on our, on our way there. Fourth question, fourth question for those on video, I used a hand gesture of four. Uh, who have you brought together? Who have you brought together? And the fifth, oh, wait, I'm missing a question. You want me to no, recap? No, I'm sorry. I, 
No, no, I, I'm, I'm, I just missed it. Four was actually five. Five is uh, who have you brought together? And six is my favorite question. What can they do? What are three things that they can do in the future that they can't do? And when you get to that point, and, and this is the beautiful thing about the Purpose 30 is you've got 30 days. So it may be that on day one, you, you sketch out some of this stuff. Day two, you're like, oh, I'm the most interested to play out the future world, or I'm the most interested in playing out my, what my world looks mm -hmm. like. Or I really want to go deeper on who I'm going to bring together. And because you can play with these and sit with them and reflect on them, one, I have an ulterior motive, which is that you keep doing it. But again, I shouldn't even tell, I shouldn't even say that. But fundamentally, you are in a position where you can begin to imagine a different and better world for yourself for the people around you and the ways that the network of those people and the world works. And we all are living in a time and a moment that is networked. We can have a bigger impact than at any point in the past. And with great power comes great opportunity. And that is the whole point of the Purpose 30 and creating your future story. I, I love it because, again, I think you, you get into this and you're doing it for 30 days. You're sitting down for 30 minutes answering these six questions. Some creative idea will come out there that says, hey, consistently and repetitively, this theme is coming up or that theme is coming up. And I think that's what's going to direct you towards your purpose, right? Plus, at the very least... You drank a delicious beverage for <laughs> at the very least. In a row. I, I think what least. I what I love about it is especially to your point, and you brought this up, is question number six, which is what are three things the people that you've brought together are able to do in the future that they can't do today? And I think that gets us into what again you've spent so much time in your in your life and your career working on is building community and how purpose and community go together. So maybe we get into that now is is really kind of what does purpose sure. and community have to do with each other? How do they work hand in hand? Yeah. So purpose, again, clear intention for our time, our talents, our energy, and our focus. We are living in a time and a moment that is designed to isolate us under the, um, under the auspices or the, the theme of connect. We're all connected. Well, data is pretty clear. We're not feeling very connected. Right. So when... When we think about, so kind of step one is finding our purpose or purposes, but then how do we make them matter? How do we turn them into something that is action and actionable? There is no other way to do it than to interact with other human beings. Even, I write this in the book, even monks who have committed to silence live together and are probably more connected than we are when we think that we are connecting with other people, but we are really just an audience. And I think this is really true as we think about brands and fandoms and, and, and connection and community is it's not about building an audience. It's not about I talk out at you, I produce a bunch of content, and you are consuming it on the other end. For us to translate clear intention 
for us to have clear identity, for us to have a clear sense of belonging, it's not about what we consume, it's who we are building relationships with. So my my simple metric for for, for this, I don't know if it's it, it's a metric, it's 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 a test, I guess I should say, is is the thing that any of us are calling community a place where the people that are there, not not me as the host or me as the creator or me as the brand, are they able to build relationships with each other? And I am not talking about like a quick like, a frictionless experience. I am talking about, oh my gosh, David, that's a great point. Or like, I'm so glad we're on this live stream together. Or wow, like I love your perspective and it. I just got something from that that I'm now going to go and take mm-hmm. into how I show up for other people. That kind of connection where it the, the connections get more valuable to every member with each new person who joins and contributes. That is where power comes from. That is where impact comes from. That is how we turn our purpose into action. And each and every one of us, you know, the, the, I, I, again, I talk about this in the book, you know, we, we live in a time and a place where the world is designed and the, and the story we're told is you need to be the hero of it. And ultimately, the power of what any of us are here on earth to do is not in us as the hero. It's in us as the host. It's in us as the guide, the mentor, the facilitator, that friend who is like the person who's bringing us together. And whether you are paying attention to religious traditions or you're paying attention to neurobiology or sociology or psychology or psychiatry, connection with other people is what makes us fundamentally happy, satisfied, feeling like we are connected to the world and able to have an impact. And that is what brings us meaning. That is what brings us joy. That is what brings us energy. That is what brings us a sense that we are here for a reason. And I believe that the individuals, the the entrepreneurs and the brands who make that shift from I'm going to create content for an audience to I am going to be the host of a community where the people mm-hmm. who are in that community are able to realize not just their fullest potential, which sounds so much about accomplishment, but their fullest identity and that sense of connection and that sense of belonging to something that is bigger than ourselves. And as you can tell, I'm really into this because like, no matter where you look, whatever you are paying attention to, we, we as human beings, no, no one, whether, it, again, it's the neuroscientists or whether it is the members of the clergy are sitting around saying, you know what's going to make people really happy is if they feel like they're a part of a great audience. Yeah, it's, and, and that is to me where I'm like a lot of these brands, and obviously we come from the side of the, the brand side and, and you guys work with plenty of, while you have worked with plenty of individual creators, you also work with a ton of great brands. I think the brands that will get it going forward do realize that it's not just about having a big audience. It's about having a community where they lift each other up. And like, again, we spent a lot of time working at Disney and I think Disney does do a great job of this where they realize that, yes, there are a lot of individuals that love our brand, but from a brand perspective, it's like, what role can we play as the host to enable this community to create further connections with each other, whether that be, you know, D23 conferences where they're rolling out exclusive 
previews of things. And so the super fans are coming together and they're engaging there, whether it be hosting or pin Disney trading World. Cruises. Disney World in and of itself, right? Um, I mean, there was nothing that set, or if, even if we go back to Disneyland, my mom grew up in Downey, California and worked at Disneyland, you know, right after love that. It, it opened. Um, and as a, as a teenager, and think about the vision that you have to have to say, we are going to take these magical characters and stories and turn them into a physical experience. Think about the number, like think about showing up to a marketing group today that is, you know, is, is designed for risk adversion. Cause I've seen it yeah. in terms of online. Community. Well, what if something happens? You know, we don't have enough control. Um, shouldn't we just produce content? So Disney, because of a visionary entrepreneur said, we are going to make this real in people's lives yeah. and make connections between people in ways that no other brand before Disney had done. Yeah. And when you think about bringing that into 2023 and 2024 and 2030, the ability for brands to do that more easily today without you know, having to buy a bunch of land in Southern California or in Florida and literally build out the physical manifestation of it is profound. And yet so many brands that I've seen and talked to, you know, are, well, what if nobody comes? Well, that's, you know, let's, there, there are ways that, around that's that. That's a risk, yeah. There are, <laughs> yeah. Oh, or what if we have trolls? It's like, well, you know what? Social media has taught you that that there are there are trolls and all these people. It's it's social media's fault. It's not community in and of itself. Right. There are ways, and this is what I've dedicated my career to, to really deconstruct and reconstruct ways to create incredibly valuable, incredibly positive experiences that scale. Um because of the identity, because of the culture that you are creating uh, in in really profound and scalable ways. Yeah. It, it, it's fascinating to me too, again, talking about this kind of risk aversion. And and sometimes I think it's a risk aversion. Sometimes it's just an, an ignorance to the difference between an audience and a community as you defined it, where the community members are helping each other. We spend a lot of time working with sports teams and it, this doesn't apply just to sports, but sports is one of those uh, industries where you have tons of fan boards, right? Like people talking in subgroups and they're talking about your brand and you don't have anyone in your organization paying attention to them. You're kind of like, oh yeah, th that goes on over there and they're talking about it. And they always complain whenever we get a new coach or whatever. And it's like, why aren't y'all taking an active role in playing host to create that community instead of letting it develop on your own? And that's the same thing for any brand that's passionate. It could be could be a high luxury fashion good, right? It could be a Correct. number of different and, things. And it tends to be, like I've seen, you know, again, because I've done this for 15, you know, plus years now, I've seen it typically have the following underlying sort of uh, themes to it. So number one is, oh, they're just better at it than we are. You know, that, 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 that something about that, that passionate fan knows how to do community 
or manage the boards better than we could. One, that's simply not true. Uh, Number two I've seen is, oh, well, what would we do if people, you know, if people start like getting mad about the coach that we hired? Yep. Or that, that, you know, are we going to invite in a lot of politics and now all of a sudden we're navigating, you know, whether it's vaccinations or anti-Semitism? Like, are we going to be taking all of the, these things on? We just don't want to deal with it. Now, here's what I would offer. Number one is that brands have such an incredible opportunity to make connections and build their own network effect, their own, you know, their own version of whether it's Instagram or whether it is Reddit or whether it is Facebook um, or Twitter. And in doing so, you have an opportunity to design a culture that, first of all, is really fun to do. And two, incredibly powerful in terms of goals around growth, in terms of goals around engagement, in terms of goals around new revenue streams, in terms of goals around um, brand loyalty and evangelism. And I think it is definitely an area where people can, you know, marketers can say, or, you know, anybody who's, who's, inside these organizations can say, um, well, we have a community, but it's really an audience. And all of it just seems very hard and we're, we don't have those skills. They are actually incredibly easy to do and only getting easier with you know, software that is evolving into really being cultural software as we talk about it, which is how do you design and scale culture, not just community or content or courses or commerce you had a good shot to plug mighty there uh we'll, we'll plug it for you there um but uh so as we i mean as we think of that are, are there any good brands that come to your mind that are currently doing a really good job with that right now yeah i mean I'll, i will use a mighty example uh in in this case because i i just think it's it's so obvious um there's a women's athletic brand called wassell um, so they're some, somewhat of a small, smaller indie uh, women's athletic brand. And because they are small and indie, they utilized a community membership. So not only is it about their physical products, but also about a subscription membership. Some things are free. Some things are, are subscription where they're able to make connections between between their customers, between their fans, their followers, their customers, so that people are able to get together in real life and run and do yoga and go hiking and do all of the things. And so you, you think about um, a great example, you know, Lululemon started that, really innovated in terms of what they did in terms of dropping into a community, starting with like the yoga instructors before they even had a store. Now you have indie brands and smaller brands who can do it digitally by bringing people together and then taking advantage of features that you know we built on Mighty and, and we built on Mighty, um, which is finding members near you, hmm. organizing, organizing groups that are in person or 
being able to also say, hey, you know what? You have a, a you know, an entrance. I, I'm going to make, I'm going to, this is not Wasel. I'm just going to just make this up. But like you have an interest in fencing and there isn't necessarily a group around you that is obvious in terms of where and how you're going to find fencing friends and people that are doing the same things that you're doing. I'm making fencing seem much more niche than it actually is. So somebody who's into fencing is listening to this and saying to themselves, uh, Gina, I'm sorry, but there's always a fencing group somewhere in your neighborhood. Um, but you can basically think about how are you bringing people together? And the reality is that as you know, as we're facing economic headwinds, somebody might cancel that fourth or fifth streaming service or that fourth or fifth content subscription, but they're not churning out of a community because they're, they're not going to stop paying for their friends. They're, they're not going to stop paying for the relationships that they are building and having and the identity that they have and the belonging that they feel, especially as you are creating communities or, you know, people are joining those coming back to the beginning, those four or five different communities that are so core to whether it's their career, whether it's their health, their wellness, their most important interests, the way they identify and the way they belong. I love it. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about something I, I don't want to miss on this, and that is future story, right? When we're thinking about how purpose plays in and how we create purpose and how that meshes in with community, I think thinking about what the future story is, is really important. So talk to us about why future story is so important for either a brand or an individual uh, and what role does it play in turning purpose into action? Yeah. So we touched on this a little bit earlier. I do not believe that there is any more powerful asset for a brand to have in 2023 and beyond than the ability to paint a picture of a future state that people want to be a part of. Now, for a sports team, that might be a championship. It might be um, new experiences. It might be just that feeling of coming home and having a regular uh, event an experience that they embrace in where they go and how they spend their money. The, the power of identity and belonging to be able to work towards something, to be a part of something where any of us can say, this is the world that we want to live in. This is the life we want to lead. And I think given the fact that when you, when you think about and look at the most powerful brands today, they very early on manifested a vision of the world that they were building towards and have made a reality. And so when I, you know, continue to talk about like, you know, there's a whole set of people that think that the way that the world should work with technology is that you, you know, you show up to a centralized service and your entire life is in that one centralized service with no friction. Well, turns out that hasn't worked out that well for us. We're not happier because of that lack of friction. Right. We're, we're, we're not more satisfied. We're not like more excited. If anything, you know, it's outrage as a service. Um, we are the product. So 
when I talk about, you know, my own future story and what I look at as the most important thing that Mighty needs to do in people's lives, and and whether that's partners or, or hosts as we talk about them, or whether it's those members, it's how are we able to paint as vivid a picture of what the world looks like when we are successful as possible? Yeah. So for us, it's somebody wakes up in the morning and they're looking at their phone and there are four or five interesting, beautiful, vibrant communities where they are surrounded by people that inspire them and make them laugh and make them feel and make them feel like they are living their very best lives. But they're doing it as a portfolio, maybe one for their career, maybe one for them as parents, maybe one for them in terms of a, you know, a passion for travel. Mm -hmm. And that we go into and out of those four or five different communities. I always think about it as, as you know, our grandparents owned like three stocks. They probably owned Disney, <laughs> Coca-Cola, yeah, exactly. you know, and, and, and maybe GM. And today we all have mutual funds because that resilience, that ability to have you know, more reward for sort of less investment, it only goes up. And then just if, if I think about the creativity and the vibrancy of a world with four or five, with every individual having four or five different communities, it's just, it's super exciting to me. That is my job. My job is to wake up every day and to paint that picture, not only for myself, because you have to start with, you know, you as an individual, then my team. And as my team paints that picture as vividly as possible and brings it to life, then we need to do that for our customers. And as our customers do that for their members, that's how a network changes everything. So that's why I think the future story is so important and why a future story, both for me as an individual, but also for me as a CEO, is so important is because people are attracted to stories and they're attracted to vivid detail. And it's my job, and you can judge whether or not I've, I've done it very well on this, you know, on this podcast, but it, it's my job to paint that picture. And when I think about what's possible in the, and, and the power of a future story, that's how we go from purpose as a idea into purpose as a reality. We use that that future story as a North Star. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's definitely something that a lot of organizations from our consulting work that we do tend to skip because they're just so inundated with what's going on today that they forget about, hey, we got to paint a picture for where we're going. And without that picture for where we're going, we're going to have a team of people who are all on their own time thinking about where the organization should go. And if we're not all aligned into that future story, right, right. we don't necessarily have that ideal member on our team pushing towards that purpose with us. Right. So maybe we shift. It's, in, oh, it's go ahead, the go idea ahead. of a storyboard. You yeah. Know, if you think about it, it's literally like if you can make a little movie. I mean, I think Brian Chesky at, at Airbnb mm -hmm. talks about this based yeah. on, you know, Disney. And I think there's something incredibly powerful about the clearer your North Star is for yourself and your team and your customer and their customers, um, the, the faster you're going to get there. No question. No question. Well, let, let's talk about 
getting more ideal members together. So we've kind of talked about future story and and big purpose to a degree. Um, let's talk about getting those ideal members on board with you. So sure. you've got some really key questions that you ask in the book, really help people understand their ideal members, people that are going along this purpose journey with them. Um, so maybe let's talk through some of those questions. And I guess my other, my second follow-up question to that would be like, should brands be thinking about these questions as well when they're thinking about building their communities? Yes. So anyone has to think about an ideal member whether you are a brand, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are a creator, or whether you are just a dude. You got to think about it because, so your ideal member is who is the person that needs your community the most right now? And right now is in all caps. So let's just visualize right now. I could yell it into the microphone right now, but, but who needs your community the most right now, all caps? And when you start to think about it, what what is so obvious once you know it and, and hear it, and hopefully it's obvious. So the time and place where people are most available for community and most excited to join a, a new community or a community they haven't joined yet is in a transition. So whether that is, hey, I just graduated from college and this is my first job, or I just moved to a new city and I'm like kind of looking for friends. And so a book club is fantastic. Or um, a person who's getting married or a person who's having their first child or a person who's getting divorced, a person who is, is navigating grief. All of these are moments where a community meets those people's needs really quickly and 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 really profoundly. Now, when we think about it in a brand context, you know, it's first and foremost like who are your customers? So, uh, or who are your fans? And so, you know, a fan even is going to join. And and I'm incredibly fortunate in insofar as as having done this work in in communities to have hosted many fan communities um, going all the way back to the earliest days of, of social networks and social media for folks like Twilight, 50 Cent, the Dallas Mavericks. Love it. And other folks that like, and so what I'm describing in terms of the ideal member, you want to have your, 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 your sort of core set of folks with a really clear identity and a really strong motivation. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you an example that, that is, somewhat surprising to people, which is when you're trying to create a, a, a professional community, one of the things that tends to be the first set of people um, brands want to go after is the most senior people, the C-suite. Like I'm going to bring C-suite executives together. The number of opportunities for C-suite executives to be brought together is incredible. Now, here's the interesting thing. The most, the most motivated people to join communities are, are actually people that are up and coming, that are especially post-COVID and when we're not totally clear like where the world is or how to actually like build your, your network, build your community, they're the most interested to join first. And guess what happens when they join? You can turn around and go to the C-suite and say, not only are you going to meet your peers, but you're going to be able to have an impact on the next generation yep. and answer some pretty interesting questions. Like, for example, what does, what does the 
general manager of the I'm making stuff up right now, but of the 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 Phoenix Suns in 10 years, what is their background? Where are they today? Where are they? What's their background? Yeah. What do they have to be great at? And so if you're in the C-suite anywhere in sports management or in entertainment, and you start to think about those questions, they're different questions than what we necessarily think about on a day-to-day basis. It's really fun to think about. And then you start to think about, well, what would that community look like? Well, that actually is pretty interesting. And so it's not the C-suite that, like, again, they're like, oh, I have no time. I have all of my friends that I will ever need. I have all of the dinners that I ever want to go to. I have all of the networking events that I ever want to be a part of. And instead, you actually, in creating that big purpose, that motivation for the community and thinking about your ideal member as who and how are we going to bring the right set of people together, a highly curated group, to define what does it mean to be a sports executive in a rapidly changing world or a streaming executive in a world where, you know, even five years ago, what a media executive thought about is very different. It's totally changed. So to me, those are just some examples of how to think about ideal members differently than what has been conventional thinking, which is why we are over-indexed on things for the C-suite and under-indexed for using up-and-comers and defining the future and a legacy uh, as a means of attracting C-suite executives into new conversations, different conversations, invigorating conversations that they're probably not having in all of those other C-suite events at CES. I, I think the the question of really kind of what transition are they navigating through? What's on their vision board? I mean, going through those things, what's holding them back? I mean, you asked so many good provocative questions to really get to understand, okay, these are the types of people we should be targeting. Uh, in the book, you have tons of great questions. And I, they are totally different questions than I think what we're thinking about right now. And so yeah. it's a great, it provides a great framework. Um, something else I want to pivot to a little bit, because we, we don't have a ton of time left here. I, I know we got to run. I, I, w- I want to talk about if somebody has heard all this and they said, this is great. We need to start and get more involved in turning our audience into a community. What are some of the things that they can do? What's uh, You've got a good community design plan that has kind of five key elements. Mm-hmm. I want to maybe touch on those things. If somebody's saying we want to jump in and start this community building, what are, what are the, what's the framework that they can right. use? Yeah. So n- number one, there's going to be a set of people, and we're seeing this more and more, which is fascinating, um, which is, what do I do? But more importantly, is there somebody who can do it for me? And the answer is yes. So number one, I would say, if you want any help, Gina at MightyNetworks.com. Um, and I'm happy to you know connect you to people who can do this. But he, there are five elements of a successful community design plan. And then there are five agreements or or sort of mentality or approaches that are the difference between success and failure. And and just a little bit of, of background on this, you know, I've had a front row seat to literally millions of communities that have been created over the last 15 years. I have seen hundreds of thousands of them be successful. What 
what is the difference between success and failure? It's these five design principles I'll share and five agreements that I'll share. So number one, on the, the principles or elements of community design, number one is a big purpose. What is the motivation for your community? What's in it for you? But more importantly, what's in it for your members? If you think that you are going to create a community and it's going to be for us to learn, share, and grow, that's like Charlie Brown's parents and adults talking. It's the most generic language. It doesn't work. Think about the difference between learn, share, and grow together. And we are going to build the absolute best fandom for an NBA team that has ever existed. You're telling me you can't get your super fans to figure out how to create the absolute best, totally different fan experience. Like that's the difference. So a community is a means to an end, but that end is your big purpose and it's got to be fun. It's got to be exciting. It's got to be different and it's got to be something that is novel. So that's your big purpose. Number two is your year in the life. And, and the year in the life is a little bit along those same lines as the purpose questions that we talked about earlier. So a, a year in the life is what are your members able to do a year from now that they're not able mm. to do today? So for example, just using our, our fandom e example, it, it, a year from now, they're able to say in one year, we went from a totally nondescript fan base to the clearest identity that everybody is talking about, the new board Ape Yacht Club, but for our team. And we did that. How powerful is that? How exciting is that? And it can happen so quickly today that it's, you can absolutely do that in a year. So that's the year in the life. Then the last three elements of a community design plan are all about the simplest things you can do for maximum impact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, social media, unfortunately, has taught so many people that it's all about like producing content seven times a day and like being in yeah. every comment and like it's all about engaging. And it's all it, it basically it's a bunch of metrics that and, and I, I will probably offend somebody by saying this, but it's a bunch of metrics created by the social platforms to get social media managers to like stay busy on their platforms. No question. That's really what it is. Yeah. No question. So. Instead, so so the biggest shift in thinking with community design is the fact that it's just so much easier than social media. And it's like no one believes me until they actually do it. And then they're like, oh, this is like super easy. Um, so the the three final components are monthly themes so that you create sort of meaty themes that change every month mm -hmm. that are 30 days worth of people sharing their stories, their experiences, their ideas, not advice. Number two is, or I'm sorry, well, it's number five, four. Four, but, but number but three. But number two of, of these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you're with me. Thank you. Um, is a weekly calendar. Consistency is key. So on Tuesday mornings, we live stream. On Thursdays, we have the question of the week. On Fridays, we have a roundup. You get more credit and more share of mind by keeping a, a, a lightweight, just two or three things, but doing them consistently day in, or I'm sorry, weekend and week out. Uh, and somebody's probably sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, like weekend, week out. Do it for four weeks, see what happens. And then lastly, I, I, I talk about them and think about them as, as sort of daily polls and questions. And they don't have to be daily. They can be every other day. They can be regular. 
but it just feels better to say monthly, weekly, daily. And we have questions work. Questions work. They're really effective. And think about the difference between a question or a poll, most popular, you know, sort of day in, day out engagement feature on Mighty and across many networks. Um, but just versus like, oh, I have to produce content for someone to consume. What is beautiful about polls and questions is it's how members are meeting each other. It's how members are meeting yeah. each other. It might be on that live stream. It might be in that in that roundup, but they're meeting and building relationships with each other through a big purpose, a year in the life. So there's progress, there's results and transformation, monthly themes, weekly calendar, daily polls and questions. That's it. That you can scale to literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of members who are actually building value for each other in a community. And that's, it, it seems a lot easier than what we're, what we're told on social media, where it's, you know, you got to post every day, you got to be engaging with 80 different uh, of your top accounts that are in your industry to really grow. I mean, it seems a lot easier, but again, I think when you're out there actively trying to create authentic relationships that are in the context of a purpose, it's a heck of a lot easier. Um, well, I know we're getting, we're, we're close to out of time here. Can I ask one more question? Yes. Yes. All right, Let's cool. do it. All right. So, Thinking about, again, for our audience being primarily sports and entertainment organizations, and, and I think this goes for, again, any organization that already has an audience that's out there, um, how might we apply these kind of community design principles to build deeper communities within the fan base? Is, is this something that somebody actively within that brand can go out and do, or does it have to start more organically like from a super fan? Is it something that a season oh my ticket God. holder it's, or a young person has to anyone start? Can anybody do, can do it. Yeah, anyone can do this. So it, it, people don't care who is, is, is convening them. Think about it that way. Like okay. if, if anything, you know, the, the biggest challenge for, for the organizations or, or brands is it just it, it's, a, it's a cultural shift. It's, it's a shift from I have to produce all this content and like, Basically, wait a second. I've spent my career, especially if you're in your your 20s and you come up through social media. I spent my career listening to the large platforms for quote unquote best practices um, that tend to help them and not necessarily your brand. And so this is just a mindset shift. And it is again, it really the crux of it is your big purpose. It actually is not, you know, how many people you have, how much content you produce. And this is this is the hardest thing is to realize and be okay with the fact that it's easier yeah. and it's more rewarding and it's more valuable when you can do something where you create a mission for your members. You think about creating that mission for your fan base of what would it mean for us to basically be the absolute model for every fan base of every yeah. NBA team or NFL team. You know, when you think about, well, what's our identity as fans? What's our what's our what's our opportunity to to co-create with the brand or with players or with yep. with the experiences? You know, the experience if you think about it of going to a game is created by other fans more than it's created by the team or anybody who's on you know, on the um, facts. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say on the, on the field, on the, on the field on court, the, whatever the it pitch, might be. Yeah. On the court, 
you know, so when you start to think about those things and harnessing people as opposed to being afraid of them, I mean, I think if there's someone listening to this podcast who's interested in this goal and and, and this challenge, sign me up because I think this is going to be one of the most interesting things that can imagine in 2030 that every fandom has its own unique personality in a way that isn't just about the team itself, but it's about those fans. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, right now, I think you have that locally, right? So like Philadelphia Phillies fan or an Eagles fan, but they're they're not deriving their personality from the team. They're deriving it from the locale or the city that they're in. And I think deriving personality from the team because it's been created with that specific fandom would be really cool to see. And I think there will be teams that decide to pursue that goal. So uh, Gina, it's been great having you on. Uh, We're out of time. Was any other pieces of advice that you'd leave our our listeners with? No, I I mean, we have covered the, the, we have, we have, we've covered the range of topics. No, I just really appreciate you having me on and I'm, I'm really excited to continue these conversations. Same. Gina, where can people find you, uh, follow along, get your book? Um, What's the best way? Yes. So uh, again, if you're interested in any of these topics, Gina at Mighty Networks. Um, The book, Purpose.co. Just simple, easy peasy, Purpose.co. And then um, I probably spend the majority of my time today on Twitter and LinkedIn. Gina B on Twitter. I've been on Twitter for a while. And then uh, Gina Bianchini on LinkedIn. So Awesome. Gina, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Um, And looking forward to our next conversation. Me too. Thank you. To everybody listening, we'll see you all next week. Hey, guys. Before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue. So when you're with us, hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.